um, hi, welcome to Serrated Edge. So, this is kind of weird, but, um, my brother quit the podcast, um, yeah, and so, so did my sister, I guess, so, it'll just be me from now on, um, yeah, oh well. Welcome to Serrated Edge. Um, I'm going to be reading one of my favorite books called Haroon and the Sea of Stories today. Enjoy. Haroon and the Sea of Stories by Salmon Rushdie. Chapter 1 The Shaw of Blah. There was once in the city of Alphabet, a sad city. In the country of Alphabet, a sad city, the saddest of cities, a city so ruinously sad that it had forgotten its name. It stood by a mournful sea full of plumfish, which were so miserable to eat that they made people belch with melancholy, even though the skies were blue. In the north of that sad city stood mighty factories, in which, so I'm told, sadness was actually manufactured, packaged, and sent all over the world, which never seemed to, to get enough of it. Black smoke poured out of the chimneys of the sadness factories and hung over the city like bad news. And in the depths of the city, beyond an old zone of ruined buildings that looked like broken hearts, there lived a happy young fellow by the name of Haroon, the only child of the storyteller Rashid Khalifa, whose cheerfulness was famous throughout the unhappy metropolis, and whose never-ending uh, never stream of tall, short, and winding tales had earned him not one, but, but two nicknames. To his admirers, he was Rashid, the ocean of notions, and stuffed as stuffed with cheery no- stories as the sea was full of glumfish. But to his jealous rivals, he was the Shah of Blah. To his wife, Soraya, Rashid was for many years a loving husband as anyone could wish for. Um, and during these years, Harun grew up in a home in which... Um, Instead of misery and frowns, he had his father's ready laughter and his mother's sweet voice race and song. Then something may- went wrong. Maybe the sadness of the city finally crept in their windows. The day Soraya stopped sitting, singing in the middle of the line, as if someone had thrown a switch, Harun guessed that there was trouble, trouble brewing, but he never suspected how much. Rashid Khalifa was so busy making up and telling stories that he noticed that Soraya no longer sang, which probably made things worse. But then Rashid was a busy man in constant demand. He was the ocean of 
nuisance. The famous Shaw of Law. And with all his rehearsals and performances, Rashid was so often on stage that he lost track of what was going on in his own home. He sped around the city and the country, telling stories while Soraya stayed home, turning cloudy and even a little thunderous at, and brewing up quite a storm. Harun went with his father where, whenever he could, because the man was a magician. It couldn't be denied. He would climb up on, onto some little makeshift stage in a dead-end alley, packed with raggedy children and toothless old-timers, all squatting in the dust. And once he got going, even the city's many wandering cows would stop and cock their ears, and monkeys would jabber approvingly from the rooftops, and the parrots in the trees would imitate his voice. Haroon often thought of his father as a juggler, because his stories was really lots of different tales juggled together, and Rashid kept them going in, in a sort of dizzy whirl, and never made a mistake. Where did all these stories come from? It seemed that all Rashid had to do was part his lips in a plump red smile, and out would pop some brand new saga, complete with sorcery, love interest, princesses, wicked uncles, fat, fat aunts, mustachioed gangsters in yellow checked pants, fantastic locations, cowards, heroes, fights, and half a dozen catchy, hummable tunes. Everything comes from somewhere, and reasoned. So these stories can't simply come out of thin air. But whenever he asked his father of this most important of questions, the Shah of Law would narrow his, to tell the truth, slightly bulging eyes um, and pat his wobbly stomach and stick his thumb between his lips while he made ridiculous drinking noise. Glug, glug, glug. Haroon hated it when his father acted this way. Oh, come on, where do, where, do, where do they come from, really? He'd insist, and Rashid would wiggle his eyebrows mysteriously and make witchy fingers in the air. From the great story sea, he replied, I drink the warm story waters and then I feel full of steam. Haroon found this statement intensely irritating. Um, where do you keep the hot water, then, he argued craftily, and hot water bottles, I... I suppose. Well, I've never seen any. Comes out of an invisible tap installed by one of the water genies, said Rashid with a straight face. You have to be a subscriber. And how And how do you become a subscribe, subscriber? Oh, said the Shah of Law. That's much too complicated to explain. Um, anyhow, Haroon said Haroon grumpily. I've never seen a water genie either, Rashid shrugged. You're never up in time to see the milkman, he pointed out. But you don't mind drinking the milk. So now kindly desist from this ipping and budding and be happy with your stories you enjoy. And that was the end of that. Except that one day, Haroon asked one question too many and then all hell broke loose. The Khalifas lived in the downstairs part of a small concrete house with pink walls, lime green windows, and blue painted balconies with squiggly metal railings, all of which made it look, in Haroon's view, 
more like a keep than a building. It wasn't a grand house, nothing like the skyscrapers where super rich folks lived. Then again, it was nothing like the dwellings of the poor either. The poor lived in tumble-down shacks made of old cardboard boxes and plastic sheeting, and these shacks were glued together by despair. And then there were the super poor who had no homes at all, just slept on pavements and in the doorways of shops, and they had to pay the rent the local gangsters were doing even less. So the truth is that Haroon was lucky, but luck had has a way of running out with without the slightest warning. One minute you've got a lucky star watching over you, and the next instant it's done a bonk. In the sad p- city, people mostly had big families, but poor children got sick and starved while rich kids overate and quarreled over their parents' money. Still, Haroon wanted to know why his parents hadn't had more children, but the only answer he ever got from Rashid was no answer at all. There's more to you, young Haroon Khalifa, than meets the blinking eye. What was that supposed to mean? We used up our full quota of child stuff in just making use, Rashid explained. It's all packed in there, enough for maybe four, four or five kids. Yes, sir. More to you than the blinking eye can see. His great answers were beyond the powers of Rashid Khalifa, who would never, who would never take a shortcut if there was a longer, twistier road available. Shariah gave Haroon simpler replies. We tried, she said sadly. The child, this child business is not such an easy thing. Think of poor, think of the poor Singuptas. The Singuptas lived upstairs. Mr. Sangupta was a clerk at the offices of the city corporation, and he was a sticky, thin, and whiny voice, and and Mingi, as his wife, Onita, was generous and loud and wobbly fat. Mingi. They had no children at all, and as a result, Onita Sangupta paid more attention to Haroon than he really cared for. He bought him sweet, sweet meats, which were fine, and ruffled his hair, which wasn't. And then she hugged him the great cascades of her flesh. She, and, and when she hugged him, the great cascades of her flesh seemed to surround him completely to his considerable alarm. Mr. Sangupta ignored Haroon, but was actually talking to Soraya, which Haroon didn't like. Uh, particularly as the fellow would launch into criticisms of Rashid, the storyteller, whenever he thought Haroon wasn't listening. That husband of yours, excuse me if I mention, he would start in his thin, whiny voice. He's got his head stuck in the air and has his feet off the ground. What are all these stories? Life is not good of a storybook or joke shop. All this fun will come to no good. What's the use of stories that aren't even true? Haroon listening hard outside Haroon listening hard outside the window decided he did not care for Mr. Sa- Mr. Sangupta, this man who hated stories and storytellers. He didn't care for him one bit. What's the use of stories that aren't even true? Haroon couldn't get the terrible question out of his head. However, there were pe- there were people who thought Rashid's stories were useful. In those days, it was almost election time, and the grand panjandrums, a very 
various political parties all came to Rashid, smile, smiling their fat cat smiles to beg him to tell their stories at their rallies and nobody else's. It was well known that if you could get Rashid's magic tongue on your side, then your troubles were over. Nobody ever believed anything a politico said, even though they pretended as hard as they could that they were telling the truth. In fact, this was how everyone knew they were lying. But everyone had complete faith in Rashid because he always admitted that everything he told them was completely untrue and made it up and he and made it up out of his own head. So when the politicos needed Rashid to help them out to help them win the people's votes, they they So the politicos needed Rashid to help them win the people's votes. They lined up up outside his door with their shiny faces and fake smiles and bags of hard cash. Rashid could put them through. On the day that everything went wrong, Harun was on his way home from school when he was caught in the first downpour of the rain season. Now, when the rains came to the sad city, life became a little easier to bear. There was a delicious palm fruit in the sea at that time of year, so people could have a break from the gumfish, and the air was cool and clean because the rain washed away most of the black smoke billowing out of the sadness factories. Harun Khalifa loved the feeling of getting soaked to the skin in the first rain of the year, so he skipped about and got a wonderful warm drink, drink and opened his mouth to let raindrops plop on his tongue. He arrived he arrived home looking as wet and shiny as a palm fruit in the sea. Miss Onita was standing on her upstairs balcony, shaking like a jelly. Uh, and if it hadn't been raining, Karun might have noticed that she was crying. He went indoors and found Rashid the storyteller looking at as if he's, he'd stuck his face out the window because his eyes and cheeks were soaking wet even though his clothes were dry. Harun's mother, Soraya, had run off with Mrs. Sanjaksa. At 11 a.m. precisely, she had sent Rashid into Harun's room, telling, telling him to search for some missing thoughts. A few, a few seconds later, while he was busy with the hunt, Harun was good at losing thoughts. Rashid had the front, heard the front door slam, and an instant later, the sound of a every other clock in the house, including the one on Harun's bedside table. The, fir- the first thing Harun said on-, on hearing the news of his mother's departure was, What did you have to break my, my clock for? Soraya had left a note full of all the nasty things Mr. Mr. Sengupta used to say about Rashid. You are only interested in pleasure, but a proper man would know that life is a serious business. Your brain is full of make-believe, so there is no room in it for facts. Um, yeah. Uh, Mr. Sengupta has no imagination at all. That, this is okay by me. There was, there was a postscript. Tell Harun I love him. 
but I can't help it. I have to do this now. Rainwater dripped on the on to the note from Harun's hair. What to do, son? Rashid pleaded piteously. Storytelling is the only work work I know. When he heard his father sounding so pathetic, Harun lost his temper and shouted, What's the point of it? What's the use of stories that aren't even true? Rashid hid his face in his hands and wept. Harun wanted to get those words back, to pull them out of his father's ears and shove them back in his own mouth, but he couldn't do that. And that w was why he blamed himself when, soon afterwards, and in the most embarrassing circumstances imaginable, an, an unthinkable thing happened. Rashid Khalifa, the legendary Ocean of Notions, the fabled Shah of Law, stood up in front of a huge audience, opened his mouth, and, and found out that he had run out of stories to tell. We're going to stop there. It's not the end of the chapter, but um, there's a long way to go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Serrated Edge. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. This episode was um, produced and read by Gavin Snyder. Thanks. I wish my brother would come back. for listening to Sarah Edge. Bye. Um the end